0: Hey, how you guys doing? This is the producer from Brothers Comics. Welcome to the Marvel Hacks Podcast, Season 4, Episode 6, our closeout episode for Season 6 of the podcast. Uh, before we take our little holiday break, on the line tonight, I have my two favorite Marvel Hacks on the line tonight. It's uh, the Sam, and say what's
1: happening. you, people. I'm back again. Uh, missed y'all last week, and I'm glad to be back.
0: Yeah, you and surprisingly got off without getting Clown for not being here, so... I was suspiciously on it wondering why I
1: didn't get the Clown treatment, yeah, so I'm... Let's just say I'm walking gently through the uh, snow right now. Yeah.
0: <laughs> did, we get him, did we get him, Brother Beavis? Brother Beavis? A little bit on Excalibur,
1: everybody. I mean, it, every time Excalibur <laughs> comes up... That ain't getting nobody, I don't care what you say about that, Craig.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that caliber yeah uh we thanks big huts for filling in last week he was able to get in tonight uh he's working um you know um it's been a rough week in terms of that for marvel nerds and comic book nerds or whatever um and by I'll the way brother elvis is here too i did say it what are you talking about i did say it <laughs> where was i i think you were right there. I said, that Brother Beavis is here, by the way." I didn't oh, and with you. him as always, brother, brother Beavis, his loyal <laughs> yeah. sidekick. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, and and also <laughs> online tonight is Brother Beavis. Hey, what's up, everybody? <laughs> there you go. Must have you said used. when
2: uh, when uh, daylight saving times hit this time. I set my clock one week back or one day back and three weeks forward, so we could podcast in less than a month. So. <laughs>
3: there you go. Man. Yes,
0: it's it's been a it's been a rough season six. I'm going to blame it on one of the books here here momentarily, by the way. Uh, but yeah, so it's been a rough week. I was just explaining to them that I hadn't been to work in a while, I had a dental procedure that took me out of work for at least one day. But when I came out of said dental procedure, as I looked upon my Twitter feed. Uh, Stan Lee passed away. Um, we are the Marvel Hacks. There would be no Marvel Hacks without Stan Lee. Um, there would be so many things that we wouldn't have be able to talk about without Stan Lee. So we're gonna kind of spend what would t- typically be Blurred Notes is kind of you know kind of remembering an icon really so to speak. You know I, I would actually call him maybe one of the first actual pop icons you know where somebody who had such a recognizable face and everything that people just kind of knew you might not have known exactly what he did but you knew his face so uh what we are not going to do tonight there will be no tears or anything like that we're not going to get into oh we did jack kirby wrong we're not doing any of that we're not pissing on people's graves even though we have done that on other podcasts on this this particular (laughs) network yes we are not going to do that tonight uh that's just really not it so brother beavis any like kind of fond memories of Stanley? All right, so kind of, I didn't get—I got to crumble meant. up a
2: few pages of my script here real quick. No, just kidding. Is that the crummy? <laughs> you know, you know, he was uh, in in all sort of the ultimate hype man for Marvel, right? Um, you know, he he was there from the beginning. I think his DNA runs through a lot of things, um, and you know, an ambassador back in the day and like currently now obviously with the Marvel Cinematic Universe so uh, you know unquestionable influence for the Marvel brand of comics which is you know distinct from the DC brand of comics distinct from the indie work distinct from the latter latter day like um, Vertigo Implant or Vertigo Imprints and um, you know image all that stuff I mean Stan sort of you know he put the mark on Marvel and you know I think the you know, the things that he's held up on is like sort of changing things as far as bringing in more human stories, stories appeal to like the college age kids back in like the 60s, bringing sort of a new era of people into comics, uh, relatable characters with flaws, uh, you know, really sort of trying to reach minority audience and, and having a message about uh, you know tolerance and, and anti bigotry and things like that. So. You know, like you alluded to, there's you know any number of things that that you could say against him, but you know, just really positive in terms of what he did for the brand and it really the face of the brand. And you know, I I thought of a, an analogy that probably won't hit very well, but um, you know, one analogy you could you think about like the band Black Sabbath, which is like the band that invented heavy metal, like Ozzy Osbourne didn't write the music didn't write the lyrics but he's like one of the most recognizable people um and recognizable enough to go out on a solo career where he was still propped up by another a bunch of other people and you can argue about his singing ability but he's a great front man and i think that kind of captures stan lee like i i read um i remember when the 2099 imprint came out and he was writing one of the books because i like spider-man 2099 i thought x-men was disappointing. I don't remember if there was another one, but he wrote this Ravage book, and they were like, oh, written by Stan Lee. It was not great. It was a, it was sort of a typical, like, good cop done wrong by the system. But, like, every every uh, thought bubble, or every every dialogue bubble, like, every sentence ended in an exclamation point. Like, and mm. that that was kind of Stan Lee. Like, everything was exciting. Uh, so from a comic style. book perspective, I mean, that's, that's sort of where, where I think of him at.
0: Yeah, I was thinking, you know, before I handed this off to Sammy and I was thinking the other day, I was like, you know, my first introduction really to Stan Lee in terms of knowing the name was catching the um, the newspaper every day for the Spider-Man cartoon that, we, that he wrote, like in the daily newspaper, you know, mm-hmm. it was like, oh, that Spider-Man, which he wrote for the longest time, like it was still, I think it was in comic shop news, like after a while, like that, you know, that list weekly, you know, five or six paneled It might even have been daily that, you know, this little panel thing for Spider-Man that would just appear in the comic, you know, in the comic or the funny pages or whatever. They used to call it in the newspaper. It's like, oh, okay, Spider-Man written by Stan Lee, Stan Lee, Stan Lee, Stan Lee. So I was just like, man, you know, I was reading that probably when I was six and seven years old. The only thing I probably read in the newspaper. So, you know, this has been a long time, so to speak. Uh, Same and, you know, kind of thoughts on an icon.
1: I don't think I can be as eloquent as uh, Beavis was, but uh, I remember back like I'm dating, I'm dating all of this in the, the 70s. Uh, I just you just brought up uh, another one I had forgotten the uh, newspaper of Spider-Man. That was probably the first version of Spider-Man I consumed uh, from, uh, media-wise was the newspaper, and I was a uh, avid fan of reading that, you know. And this is you know what four or five panels. On a paper, you know, per day, for you know, the, the, they would run on for months. You know, a whole story. You know, this isn't a comic book; it's four or five panels. And I would try to read every one every day. And, you know, I would. Some of those stories were very good. I thought um, back then, even now, I would say I would say they were still very good. And um, yeah, he uh, he helped create probably the most uh, one of the biggest. Uh, certainly comic book characters ever in Spider-Man I mean he and Steve Ditko who was uh, Ditko who was kind of a recluse and I heard they kind of had a falling out with Ditko with him anyway I think it was one sided but um, he helped he and Jack Kirby and all these other um, uh, fathers of Marvel they basically hand in hand created this universe but he was in the middle of all of it and yeah, from an early age, I remember seeing. I think on the Electric Company, you know, I don't know if y'all saw this or used to watch the Electric Company version of Spider-Man as bad as it was. That's the only back reason back. I watched Electric Company. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> all so, we had. Well, and then maybe uh, Morgan Freeman at the time. I don't know, but um, he. Uh, I think he even did some of the intros to that. I remember hearing his voice, and you know, he was uh, even back then. I remember he was uh, a he was Stan Lee. We knew who he was, which was highly unusual, you know, and Stan Lee and Marvel went together. It was peanut butter and jelly, and there was not one without the other, and he was an icon even back then to me, and um, that's amazing. I can't say too many others, you know, that big back then that I would remember Uh, anyway, and it's amazing. I mean, his legacy is amazing. I mean, he created that entire pantheon or ahead of you know he was the middle of it at the very least and um, it seems like every week we can't go on without busting on DC somehow I mean who's the DC equivalent I don't I can't <laughs> think of anybody um, <laughs> yeah I couldn't think of anyone you know that's a <laughs> really interesting point like um,
2: yeah that I think we've we've said in the past that like the the DC characters are more recognizable by the general public but right. that's an interesting point. Like that, that the uh, the creators behind Marvel are maybe more representative than than they are for DC. That's that's interesting.
0: Yeah, I, you know, and it it seems to be that the creators of their bigger characters all came from you know different sources, and they've pretty much only created those particular characters you know they might have had a couple of villains or something here and there but they don't have like a a, essentially a universe so to speak built around the characters that they developed you know i mean he with again we're going to give you know everybody their props you know Ditko, we lost this year as well um and kirby you know they do need to get their props like i said there we could do a whole podcast on how jack kirby got did wrong we could literally Easily. could do a whole podcast on it but this is really yeah. not the more moment for him. that and <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yes and it's more than that and you know and again that's the comic game is as dirty as the acting game as the music game like this always happens you know if they did behind the music they you know on vh1 they could do behind the comics for all of these types of things too so not this really moment so it's just you know hutch has already has described Stanley as his um his like absentee father, because whenever our father really wasn't around, or you know he could depend on Stan Lee to deliver something to him that you know cheered him up for whatever, you know mm-hmm. every week, every month, or whatever with these comic books. I mean, so it, you know it was mm-hmm. a big deal. Like I said, I got out of that dental chair and I saw that, and I was in I was in a good amount of physical pain, and then I was mm-hmm. like, man, now I don't know which one is worse, the emotional pain or the physical pain right now. I, I couldn't mm-hmm. talk my wife came by. I had to literally. She's like, "Are you okay?" I'm like, I wrote it down on a note. I'm like, Stan Lee died," and she's like, "What?" I'm like, yeah, I'm yeah. Freaking! I can't even talk. I'm like, you know, stuff in my mouth. So yeah, it's just it's just a bad bad moment. So, uh, all right, what are some of your uh fave um I guess cameos? And you can go from like the movies, cartoons, or anything like that. Kind of. I mean, he's been in everything. I heard that he was—he actually made a cameo in that new Teen Titans Go uh, movie, uh, which my kids were like, "Oh, was you know, people said it was a really cool cameo." I haven't seen that movie yet, yeah. but you know, yeah, what are I some seen. of your favorite cameos, Brother Beavis? I,
2: you know, that kind of the one that stands out for me is uh, I think in the the very terrible first, fan, well, not the first, the very terrible Fantastic Four me, movie that was put out in the cinema. He, he is essentially like Willie the mailman uh, an actual oh, character right. and I, that one to me like kind of stands out because of the connection to that that's that title um, and still with a fairly fledgling uh, cinematic universe at that point that one stands out to me mm-hmm. sandman
1: um, of course not my mind's trying to go blank on me but I remember the, the funniest one I think I remember was he was the, um, um, the DJ or the, <laughs> in Deadpool, uh, the, you know, going to the stage, blah, 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 whatever, uh, whatever mm-hmm. it was. I, I laughed at that one. Um, there was another one that came to mind. What the hell was it? Um, uh,
2: My daughter likes the one from Ant-Man and Wasp where, uh, he walks up to his car and he's like, tries to go through the keys and the car gets shrunk and he's like, well, the sixties were fun, but now I'm paying for it. I don't know that she knows what that means, but she that's she thinks good. that's hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's
0: pretty good. The um, the one that's an amazing Spider-Man is like really the only good thing about that Oof. movie. Is I, don't if if I, the the, uh, I don't know if I made it to the.
2: I don't know if I made the cameo in that movie.
0: Yeah, yeah. It, when they're in the library fighting, he's just like kind of oblivious to the whole thing. But further, I can't believe you brought this up. One of his best cameos is in Mallrats. Uh, you know, <laughs> oh yeah! <laughs> <laughs> totally. Where he's, where he's talking to Brody, you know, like Brody's asking yeah. ridiculous yeah. questions, you know, you know, it's like, it's like, hey, look at that couple over there. <laughs> they look like they're in love. <laughs> I mean, it's just the it's a great cameo, you know. I mean, Brody steals the scene or whatever, but the he kind of comes. Dork. Is it made of orange rock
2: scene. like the rest of him?
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's <laughs> a superhero
1: secret. Yeah. yeah, he's got a he's got a beard in that yeah. cameo too. It's almost he's almost not
0: unrecognizable, yeah. but just looks a little different, you know, so. Yeah, I mean, he was just, I mean, he's great in that, you know, yeah, You know, yeah, and yeah. I've seen the tributes from, you know, Kevin Smith and, and Muse or whatever on Twitter or whatnot, I mean, you know, they got a chance to, you know, meet with him, work with him, you know, their idol or whatever, I mean, that's just amazing. I was sharing yeah. that story, I think, on our football chat today with Sandman, you know, Sandman and I had an opportunity at MegaCon Orlando, I guess it would have been la- not last year, but two years ago. Two years ago. He yeah. was there. Yeah, he was there. I mean, we yeah. kind of talked about it. The the signature picture thing was over, you know, it was over 100 bucks. I'm going to say it was 110. And, you know, the line, I mean, he had his own section at the con. Like a literally, a you section. know, not like a table or a booth, <laughs> not a like line. A, a section. Like off. Yeah. parting off a whole freaking section of the entire con. And, you know, the line to get in there, you know, was, you know, Space Mountain, you know, the longest ride in the park. And no. um, the Longest Line in the Park And so we were like, man, I don't know And then it was like the money, actually backed up it too We could split it, you know what I mean It was just like kind of this whole debate And you waited around and you waited around And you know, I was like, today, I was like, man, probably should have did that um, <laughs> It would have been, you know, a long yeah. life You know, I mean, just like a, a once Basically, in Basically you pulled situation. a big hutch
2: at the DVD we store did. on the way to play Stayed in the store for three hours didn't buy anything and then like oh should have bought that shit on the way out
0: yeah (laughs) Yeah, totally should have bought that shit totally while while somebody's
2: sitting in east Dayton with the board set up waiting for people to show up and and get their head shot off with a particle projection cannon
0: not that he's I'm like, well. Yeah, not that you remember that. Uh, also, you know, your familiarity with your color people time at the moment was not yeah. as familiar I, as it might be. In I the was
2: world. I was like white and naive. I didn't realize people didn't show up on time to stuff.
3: <laughs> oh
2: my God. Yes. So this yeah, part of my education. Exactly.
0: That is part of your education, man. <laughs> like it, man, he's
2: kind All of, that prepared me yeah. to go out in the real world and not
0: just get beat up yeah. immediately. Yeah, exactly. Sure, yeah. Why are you Bye party? Whap? Yeah, are we sure this meeting's gonna happen today? He'll be here. Trust me. All right. So, <laughs> trust me, he's coming. Uh, so yeah. So yeah. So that yeah, we got we missed our chance to meet him. You know, Hutch had said he had a story. He was working at Dragon Con a couple of years ago, and he touched him on the shoulder like as he was coming out, of a, you know, exiting out of, like a panel or something like that. And he was like, "Oh, you know, Stanley touched my shoulder," and I was at Tampa Bay Mega Con. I guess it was Tampa Bay Megacon, maybe the previous year. I don't know. I was there, and he was doing something. That was that night I went and saw Kevin Smith and Jason Mewes' show, and he was there that night, and they were doing, like, an auction or whatever. So I was in the same room with the dude, you know, probably 200 yards from me. But, you know, it's just one of those things you just mess up on and whatever. So, all
2: right. So I I read, like, an excerpt, which is a sidebar on the letters pages where – I think it was like published in 68 and he he ran racists um yeah. is that something that you guys were cognizant of or there you felt like that you know he, he has a role in black panther i mean did you did you guys feel that back in the day
0: I, you know, I read that soapbox as a, a re-familiarity type thing as it got posted all around today. You kind of knew it, like, in the sense that, like, oh, you know, it wasn't, like, all oh, Stanley's, you know, down, like, down like that. But it was also, you know, like, the books. How do I explain this? If black people thought that that shit was racist, it would have never gotten off the ground. You know what I'm saying? Mm, yeah, like, it, especially yeah, back right. then. Especially black then. Like, it would have never had gotten any of that sense of popularity, and it never would have been infiltrated, you know, like black pop culture, hip hop culture, any of that kind of stuff. Like it spoke to people, black people in a certain way, do with that was like, you know, we're gonna adopt this and take it on and, you know, and make it our own and and, in a sense. So, you know, maybe not overtly reading that page, I mean, but you know, you don't hear a bunch of at least not I don't listen to that much rap music anymore. You don't hear rappers like quoting like I wanna be Cal L or Wonder Woman or Batman. It just doesn't happen. Everybody wants to be Tony Stark. Everybody wants to be, you know, Ghost Rider, Ghost... Like, all of that stuff comes out of Marvel. So, I, I think it, it's Yeah, there. I was
2: thinking about it. I was like, it's not like there were people of color in all the books. In, like, everywhere in all the books, there were a handful. Um, right. But certainly mm-hmm. the storylines and tones. It was, you know, trying to tell a message in a way, you know, in a forum, in a way for a particular forum where it would actually be bought and read because you could have easily taken a hard line and have nobody read it. Um, mm-hmm. And so I imagine there's a little bit of a dance there.
0: Yeah. Well, and this yeah, idea that, sure you know, that the comics, that comics gate folks that are out there now that, you know, oh, comic books are social justice warriors or whatever. I think a lot of people were just recent, you know, a lot of so-called comic book fans were finding out that he was Jewish. Like, here, once he passed away, like, would You know, like, um, <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, just as news information to you, you know, and mm-hmm. you know, he did a he did a thing of trying to make these books about more than just being, you know, yeah. as my mother would call them, funny books, you know, yeah. and trying to tell but a message in those stories. I and mean, I think important. we've touched
2: on that in some previous uh, podcasts. Like you can tell, like when they talk about the struggle in various ways, that there's there's you know strong overtones of particulars of the Jewish struggle. But it's not, you know, not mm-hmm. explicitly that, and it's, it's. I think it's done in a way where it attempts to reach more than that audience.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, right. it's. Yeah. I mean, and again, like you're saying, that is a line that they were trying to to dance on delicately at the time. I'm sure about trying to make. You know, politicize entertainment, and that's a that's a delicate line of people dance on. Now it's just back then nobody was on social media, you know, complaining about it. Like, oh fuck that! I'm gonna write a note to us uh, the soapbox, you know, and maybe it'll get printed in the book that you would have a complaint mm-hmm. about. You know what happened? Why is Black Panther in this book, or why are you doing these type of things? You know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah, they probably got it's, those it's letters, the, but they probably didn't. Oh know. gosh, I, man, I, I I don't know if I y'all know I big fan of Charles Schultz and Peanuts or whatever. You know, I, I saw some of the in that 50th anniversary book before he came out. My wife got it home before uh, he had passed away. Blah, 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 blah. There were the letters in there that when he put Franklin in the comic book. Franklin in Peanuts. Like, no, nope, Not politicized or anything. Nothing like that. And people wrote the most racist shit to Charles Schultz. You know, about him. Oh, I'm him. sure. And it was I'm like, sure. golly. Like, for Franklin. Like, and again, i a perfectly harmless character. Essentially black Charlie Brown. You know, that's exactly. all he is with him. That's basically it. And he got all the stuff, so, yeah, just, yeah, yeah rough week, yeah. rough week in that regard. Uh, so yeah, so, uh, Excelsior, uh, Stan Lee, uh, I heard that Jewish people don't say uh, rest in peace. I, I forget what it is, but it's not rest in peace. Um, so yes, yeah, Excelsior. That's about all I got. All right. Whew. There will be no DC talk tonight, folks. Um that's pretty much it. it. No comic books. Uh, we'll catch not gonna do that. To, yeah. So when, when uh I was I was gonna say when Bob Kane dies, but I'm pretty sure he's already dead, right? The yeah, guy who uh, uh, created Batman. Okay, yeah. So i was and gonna say that I've, when he well, died. Well, one of the
1: creators of Batman. Don't get me started on that subject. yes
0: kinda I, kinda I yeah guys. I did. You did bring up that. Yeah, that. I'm kind of sore that about that. that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did hear yeah. he got screwed too. Or he screwed uh, some people. Yeah, so yeah, all right. She did. So we're gonna pay tribute to Stan Lee and the first book that we're going to do tonight is his real first creation, which is the Fantastic Four, which I read in one of those obits today. He created this in when he was thirty nine years old. So all mm-hmm. you struggling writers, artists or whatever, and you're young, just keep plugging at it, man. Because <laughs> this <laughs> happened when he was 39 years old. I'm like, golly, that is a long time to be struggling at doing things and then finally getting successful. So, all right. So it's Fantastic Four, number three, uh, Dan slot and air rotation Sarah Pacelli, uh, drew this book. Uh, this book suffers from what I the two things that I hate in comics the most almost. One, a shipping delay because it was mm-hmm. officially seven weeks in between issues two and three so almost two full months and two, a guest artist inserted inside the book or, or in partial uh, like pages of the book like where the artist, like, oh, you know, this is a really good book and then BAM! Oh, what, what the fuck happened here? What What's going on? Like, I don't understand for like four or five pages. Um, so, Yeah, I was already upset about it being late, and then we had that happen as well. It's just a continuation of the story uh, that it started in the first two issues. We were all hyped after issue two, Brother Beavers. We were like, man, this is about to go down.
2: (laughs) Yes, that's true. And I heard from your opening remarks you were not pleased. I did not go away not pleased. pleased. So this this should be interesting.
0: Well, my not pleased primarily has to do with the guest artist part. That oh, okay. is probably my biggest part. I was not a big yeah. fan of that part of it. The general story is okay. Like I didn't have a problem with it. Uh, you know, I, <laughs> I call him the, the villain in this, General Grievous. Um, general Grievous... <laughs> general, it's the conclusion of this story where General Grievous has destroyed all of these multiverses that Franklin Richards had created. Reed in an attempt to hot tag. He hot tags in the entire... Any person that has been a member of the Fantastic Four before to have this battle... But it really doesn't turn into a battle. It really just turns into a, okay, I need y'all heroes to do one thing. We're going to buddy up, and this is the first time they've all been back together as the Fantastic Four. There's a lot of... I
2: need
0: some help and, you know. on page one. <laughs> page <laughs> one? My, uh, what happened on page one? It's
2: just that I'm, I want to... I, I, I think the idea that, like, you, uh, very clearly the Fantastic Four is four people... And we know there've been other people at times, but I think the idea that actually it's this whole family is really interesting. But there's these two like fake things on the end that I'm trying to figure out. Yeah. Now I know Sharon yeah. Ventura was sort yeah. of a thing of sorts, both in and out of a battlesuit. But what mm-hmm. is this? What is the bubblehead Mysterio thing? And and then what is the <laughs> the, the I guess she thing? Is that two different people or what?
0: I, that was the way that I read it. I could not give you an exact answer to that particular question. That's how I interpreted it. But I also really didn't know, to be honest with you. I'm like, um, okay. Are you looking at the cover? Which What are you looking at? No.
2: And the first page. Right, no. So the, the cover is good. interesting yeah, because it's more, the cover is more like you have the oh, classic okay. Fantastic Four, then you have the uh, Hot Shot, fantastic four of ghost rider hulk which we've not seen to this point uh, Correct. Wolver- uh he does wolverine doesn't it. make it on here but spider-man does uh obviously she hulk and we mm-hmm. then obviously like black panther and storm from that era and then you know you got these sort of ant-man standing i don't remember luke cage was crystal yeah, not in the Fantastic uh, four somehow but medusa was crystal was she was yeah, yeah. Uh, I think she. I think Johnny might have told her she was in the Fantastic Four, but maybe she really wasn't. Like, yeah. no nah, girl, you in the smash Fantastic smash Four? What? Fantastic we Four. Did we that four? Did, she did that just so he could smile.
1: we know. What we was not. Storm a member just, of the damn Fantastic Four? I don't. I don't well,
2: Storm we do and Black Panther stepped in for Sue and Reed at one point, right? Yes.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, they did. Mm-hmm. I missed that. Okay.
2: And then yeah. Namorita shows up, which I don't know, but that makes sense. But these these two mm. things on the outside, I'm like, uh, I can't count for one, but who's yeah. Mysterio thing? It, yeah, it, it is a
0: little, yeah, it's, a mis, it, you know, it's just one of those things that's really cool to draw all these people in this panel and, you know, kind of lose them into the background. You know, the Hulk makes the cover, but he only makes in one appearance inside the book oh, and man. he's really not doing much of anything. And... You know, the, again, the plot is they're going to have to take this undefeatable being down in a, you know, a Reed Richards kind of figure-it-out kind of way. They mm-hmm. use these young, fantastic four people. What What's that little team called? They are the called young ones? the... Uh, oh, I just knew it. Uh, the Future Foundation? Or no, it's not Future, Future Foundation, yeah. Yeah, that's it. I the also Future like Foundation. the, on
2: the first page, about how, like, there's this thing about how Reed, at some point wigs out locks himself in a room trying to solve a problem
3: mm-hmm. yeah. and it's like yeah. it sort of
2: underscores underscores the mad genius of reed and it's like you know for as much as he seems to be in control and it generally has things figured out like the fact that he's smart enough that he could really screw himself up at times and i thought that was sort of mm-hmm. an interesting right. touch to the character yeah
1: yeah yeah this is blessing and his <laughs> curse i thought that was kind of what they were trying to say
0: Well, and at least three issues in, they haven't written him, like, to be, like, the smart dork slash dick. Yeah, and I I think that's been a very good kind of change, you know. And Again, every time I read these books, I'm always thinking, like, what's this going to look like when MCU gets a hold of it? And how they handle Reed, I think, probably makes a real, you know, it's probably going to make a big difference on, you know, if people can accept this or not. Because his power is kind of goofy.
2: In its way, it's not like, it's not like, um... How do you make him so that people like him to, to, to like get him into the team? It's like, how do you keep him from becoming unlikable
3: and distracting from the
2: fact that Human Torch and Thing are generally fun to read about?
0: Yeah, exactly. Right, right, so, right. I mean, I, maybe it's the beard... You know, I don't really know, but it, you know, it's at least working out better. And I got again, I got to give Slot his credit on this book, even though I can't stand that Iron Man book that he's writing. I will give him credit for this. He seems to his style works much better with this team foundate or this team format as opposed to an individual, or at least with Iron Man. Um, but yeah, we do get a chance to see a lot of hugs, and then we do get a chance to see some fighting and whatnot. And Valeria and Franklin get to reunite with the family. I mean, you know, it all makes sense. And I like the fact that they told this story in three issues, even though I didn't like it that it took four months to come out. I do like it. it was like a good reintroduction to the team, tell a good story, and get off before you move on to the next thing. You know, what were some positives that you saw from it, uh, Sandman?
1: Um,
0: I did like,
1: I mean, it was almost a done, you know, bringing back everybody It was part of the fantastic four or a fantastic 14 at one time but uh like wolverine for example he doesn't even say a line in this book which is when's the last time that yeah. shit happened you know i thought uh i thought it was i mean it was a nice um, kind of stunt that i didn't really blame them for but at the same time i was like eh, okay i mean it, they really didn't even do much if you know what i mean it was all just kind of a ruse for the main core of the fantastic four to kind of like get together and then uh um, Read to basically solve it, you know, almost by himself. Uh, it was all his plan. Um, I think the the thing that did make me laugh is uh, Spider-Man uh, talks to uh, Franklin mm. at <laughs> one time mm, yeah. and tries to <laughs> lay the responsibility speech on him, and thing is like, get the fuck out of here with that! See, <laughs> Don't yeah, lay all that up, shit yeah. on him. It's like, it's, and yeah. I actually kind of agreed with him. it. Was like, yeah, you need to chill with the responsibility for my for a minute. Uh, that 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 did make me chuckle. I mean I thought it was fine, you know. And that's about it. It was it was okay. It was nice to see them back together because they've been apart for so long, but uh, as far as the yeah. story, yeah. It was okay. That was all about that was yeah. about it though.
0: I think they make mention of it that it had been five years since there was actual yeah, you know, Fantastic Four for comic yeah. books or whatever. Mm-hmm. So barely Leaves, you seem like you were more positive on this?
2: yeah i think it did a good job of showing like the scale and scope of fantastic fours stories that are possible i like the sort of the callback to the heritage to feature ever to at least draw everybody even if they weren't featured and yeah you know the fact that like a ghost rider and wolverine were present um you know that was kind of cool i think they could have done a little bit with the hulk because obviously there's a troubled past there as Member of the Illuminati, like Reed sent Hulk into World War Hulk, and then keyed mm-hmm. off a series of events. But you know, it's almost like the Hulk, you know, you know, was brought in from a nostalgic perspective and was there, which sort of fills a plot hole. Um, I, I don't want every story, every one of their stories, to be the end of the world. I mean, we've talked about that with all these, right. with all these books. Like, you can't save the universe from unraveling every time. Um, yeah. but you know i, I thought it was it, it was you know for for a for a, a a book that's been irrelevant or marginalized for a long time i thought it was a gr- a good three story arc a good story um, i don't you know they obviously haven't told this iceman story which is i guess is setting up something um, right. and they've brought yeah. they've they've done some aging so that franklin and valeria can be part of the story going forward so they're definitely set the stage um you know they're going to have to still establish the status quo of what this team is going to do because i assume they're going to come back to earth but i i think as far as comics go it was a solid comic from you know not everyone's favorite line of characters um but it it sort of kind of showed you what the fantastic four can be and then we'll see where it goes
0: from here Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. It's like, all right, now, you know, kind of what's next, you know, and, and, you know, as you scroll through the book, when you get to the last page, there's like a little preview there, and it's like some other team that looks like a Fantastic Four, so, you know, again, these short stories work for me, you know, as we didn't, we're not reviewing it tonight, but like, I guess that Avengers 10 is actually issue number 700 ever of the Avengers, and... Like, we, we, I think we did the first two or three issues and maybe season three, and we we're just like, man, we're good. You know, the first two issues were Celestials and the Return of Loki. I was just like, no, I'm done. It's just too much. It's just too much going on all at once with one big world event that's completely unrelated to all this other stuff. And that's my other, like, complaint, not necessarily about this book, but just in general. It's like, all right, so. The She-Hulk in the Hulk book that we did last week is like a mindless monster beast in the Avengers. In this yes. book, they're like, hey, Jennifer. She's yes. like, hey, how's it going, guys? You yes. know, we're just She's over talking here. You know, talking off of normal, you yeah. Know? I mean, it's yeah. like, yeah, I was like, so, and when did this happen? You know, what's the, it's the I mean, again, I, yep. I know continuity is bullshit anymore, which is fine to a point, but you can't have two different versions of that particular, I don't know. I'm just like, all right, whatever. But, I mean, it was fine. I, I, like I said, I, I, I liked it. I just hate, because I was just counting the pages here. Like, Pacelli did, like, the first, like, maybe eight pages of the book. And then the guest artist took over the last part of it. And, you know, one, I like Sarah Pacelli as an artist. And two, you know, the guest artist isn't as good. Everything Not gets barely. all goofy and small. And, like, it's just like, oh. And I was like, how in the world did you still, if you went guest artist, how is it still freaking, you know, a full month late? Like, I mean, honestly, at some point in time, you I mean, y'all had the five years' head start on getting this book redone. Like, how is the third issue late? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's Yeah. That kind of stuff just bothers the crap out of me. These things need to come out on time with the technology and whatnot, and I know artists are artists, and they want specifics, and they, you know, I get that part. But it, you can't be having books, a relaunch of a book that you're really excited about coming out damn two months late. Just They're trying to capture the good.
2: excitement of
0: the image era comics
2: <laughs> yes. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: yes. Exactly. <laughs> yes exactly oh god this is terrible that just that, that's battle chasers I'm looking at you yes battle chasers <laughs> we are looking at you and there, there are others uh you are not alone battle chasers uh all right So, yeah, that's it. I mean, but no, ever thumbs up around the Fantastic Four It's our kind of close. It was the starting book of this season and the closeout book for this season. So, you know, we were as tardy as this book was in terms of doing episodes for season (laughs) four. But (laughs) that's about it. All right. So we're all thumbs up on the Fantastic Four. We're going to. Okay. So we'll switch gears here to Captain America. Now, I booked it behind the scenes look at brothers comics there were times when we were going to record we were like man the books kind of suck this season and it was like it's not really worth recording to get on here and be like you know what this book sucks we're old get off our lawn all right thanks for listening (laughs) to our podcast (laughs) come Uh, back next week if you can you know you can listen to it
2: but we hate you too so (laughs) yeah we hate
0: everything about everything that's happening this week but good night thank you and subscribe um we just we just refused to do it, and so in the that refusal part of doing it, there were a couple of books that have come out that have been really good, one of them being Captain America 4, and then in that same time frame, Captain America 5 came out, so uh, I got a chance to read it. Brother B was going to take the lead on Cap 4 and 5.
2: Oh, okay. Um, I, <laughs> I, thought <laughs> I thought you were.
0: I thought you were. I, I would love that to, do to do that.
2: that. This is no real-time man. programming. That's why they call him the producer. That's, yes Yes, that's right yes yeah so i read uh number four a while ago and it was like this had you know the one of the things we complained about modern books uh as they litter our lawn is like how quick they are to read so um yeah this this title i think from the beginning has had it, it doesn't have a lot of words but I don't think that necessarily means it takes. It's not. Like, if you just breeze through it, I think you miss a lot. I think this is a very visual book, um, and there's a lot of great sequences of cap where, like, if you want to spend time with it and really kind of get the subtlety, of the action, things like that, that is there for you. If you just breathe through and read the dialogue, you'll be like, I don't get it. Next. And so, <laughs> um, four very much felt like that because there's this whole. Dialogue about um, the setup, I guess, is Sharon Carter is in control of somebody um, and about to get tortured, and Cap is after her, and he's given a lot of his sort of Capisms. And then there's just like panel right. after panel of him like working through um, a factory, and he ends up meeting the Taskmaster, who we t- <laughs> I think we talked about the Taskmaster maybe offline, like. Uh, for our wrestling fans, he is definitely yeah. a Sunday night superstar. Uh, yeah. He will be any 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 non named wrestler on Sunday and be rolled out on Monday to job to anybody with a name. Um, yeah. You know,
3: yeah.
2: Yeah, he's just sort of a classic character. But you know, he yeah, yeah. true to form. He's he gets got, the upper hand on Cap in his featured moment, yeah, but doesn't get hold the on,
0: job. He's got he's got a special on like five. Which is like, okay, right. I got special on five, but his pen attempt is like on 12. Like, it's just yeah, like, he's a know, priority, like, too.
2: <laughs> so if you get your special, you get it, and he doesn't. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But, like, you know. Yeah. If you catch it, the right night and the right roles, he's going to beat somebody that he shouldn't. But most nights, he's just going to look good doing it, getting beat. Yeah, pretty much.
2: So that was four. Um,. Yeah. I have a question because I was I, I this occurred to me in five. Have they revealed who this blonde chick is yet or is she just does she well, not she have a her name what do we know?
0: Doesn't she, she she's Yeah, um, she does. Yeah. When she's torturing Karen or doing a lot Luke, Alexa Lucan. Which means yeah, nothing to their, me. Yeah, exactly. Me neither, um, until um, we get to the end of issue five. Um, but you got that one, Sam. Do you know who that is? I
1: don't know the name, but I think because of uh, who they were in issue five, who they reveal uh, who might be the upcoming enemy, um, she might be uh, someone else. That's all, all I'll say, I guess. Uh, so, no, well, I, re- I don't know, but she might be somebody else they're hitting at.
0: Do jumping into the kind of the intricacies of the book before we get to five, you know, there is the geopolitical stuff here, you know, and drawing parallels to current day politics here in the United States. You have that stuff going on as well as just the general, um, connectedness of the world you know black panther made an appearance in issue three he doesn't make an appearance in this issue because you know as cap has gone into it was alberia you know like well you know we got treaties over there so you know we kind of can't get in, in there and he's like all right that's cool i can do it on my own as he again makes his way through a factory you know leniel francis you you is the artist on this book and the book looks great I, he used to draw a book back in the day that i could not stand do but he's gotten it he's cleaned up his style a lot more um, and I think it just works possibly maybe for this book better than it does for certain other books. But, yeah, the the backstory they've told a, a, a fairly rich story from issue one where they've already laid all this track all the way through issue four. And like you said, you could skip over it and just look at the action of Cap beating up people and just play. And if you just play through all the Cap's um, thought boxes and be like, OK, yeah, whatever. And you'd be missing like the, you know, Ta-Nehisi Coates is very good at world building. Um, and in comic books or whatever, and so I think that's something. Again, it works in this book for me, but it doesn't work in the Black Panther book, which is ridiculously weird. Because you know, I mean, that's racist. You would have thought his ability—it is racist. you would have thought the uh, his ability to do it, and it would just work for one. But I think it works better for Cap because he's still using Cap as a hero. Wherein oftentimes in the Black Panther book, he's using uh, Black Panther as a figurehead. And you don't really get a chance to see him kick ass. Um, Mm. That's probably the biggest difference for me. So, but yeah. Anyway, yes, Taskmaster, he comes, he fights. Um, Yeah, Taskmaster is for sure, if Netflix was going to keep heroes on Netflix, he is a for sure Netflix villain. He would be absolutely (laughs) awesome on Netflix. Yeah, Yeah, he he would would be great on Netflix. Yep, but that's not going to happen but anyway, alright, so, alright, issue 5 brother Beavis alright, so 5
2: picks up and uh, Cap basically says when it comes crashing down and it hurts inside uh, he picks himself <laughs> up <laughs> so wow,
3: the,
2: wow, the battle wow, picks up wow, he's wow, still engaged wow. with Taskmaster and uh, Taskmaster starts running his mouth and uh, yeah. Cap's like, oh yeah. yeah that's what I needed I needed some inspiration and then he just wrecks him uh, like four panels later that's Taskmaster's ass um, yeah. <laughs> so then we have the Celine still threatening um, Sharon and then the fight is mysteriously over and this is where sort of the story I, I don't know like it, this became predictable in that it so very clearly sort of echoes Thing with you know the the story of the day, and I'm not sure yet how I feel about that. But having read this just a couple hours ago, I was like, man, that feels uninspired. That feels easy. But basically, this whole story was a setup to frame Cap, uh, Thaddeus, or Thunderbolt Ross is 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 uh, pointed out as a pawn of this whole strategy, and uh, they they basically induced Captain America to go. To great lengths to retrieve Sharon, so they could get him in incriminating circumstances, and get the popular opinion starting to question his motivations. At that point, I was like,
0: "Come on, yeah. <laughs> I don't and, know." And 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 to do it to bring back a you know very familiar villain. You know, we're going to spoil the shit out of this here in a couple of minutes. You know, there's a, a large a portion of this is just the fight between those two. And, you know, you kind of get the story back with what's going on with Sharon Carter. And then you get this weird thing with, you know, with Winter Soldier, you know, where he debriefs Cap about, you know, what had happened. And it's really like he's just, he's not even the guy in the chair. It's just like, all right, so Buck, tell me what happened. Well, Cap we put on the telestrator here, and when you went inside there, and you did this, and the Scooby-Doo <laughs> explained what the fuck happened in the book. it was just like, oh, um, yeah, we didn't He's like, facts? man, what? I
2: would have caught away with it if it hadn't been for you meddling kids. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah,
1: that's kind of how it, how it, how it exactly. would That's kind of weird. I know it's supposed to be because yeah, he doesn't have any government contacts now. I guess that's what, um, you know, he's been kind of uh, squeezed out of the government because of all the things happen with Hydra and they're not supposed to be trusting him anymore I guess so I but yeah it's it was weird (laughs) even so yeah. he's nice. like,
2: how bad is it? He's like, and Bucky wicks out his cell phone. Apparently, Cap still doesn't have one of those. He's like, then they watch YouTube videos. <laughs> like, you should be watching
0: some Jim Cornette interviews. Don't be watching there, there Ross. <laughs> Right. There you go. Very nice. Yes, very good. I, I, yeah, it was just weird. I, I just thought that part was like, okay, but in, in you say that too. it's like, I guess there's really nobody that he could trust that that much. I guess but it also is this well, idea of playing into the books but i or into the movies you know well, which the i'm the thing I'm is sometimes too like there was of.
2: this like the whole thing with thunderbolt ross was weird like when mm-hmm, and from yeah. the beginning of this is like he shows up and like no we got this it did feel weird that he was like just completely hedging him out and so mm-hmm. the fact that that's now been revealed as a ploy that makes sense. And you know that makes this a little bit less disjointed from some of the the more modern stories, and so I that I think that part of it was effective. It just but the payoff was a little kind of mm,
0: uh, abrupt, yeah, right. maybe. Yeah. So right. yeah, if you don't want this spoiled, you know, stop, pause, tape here. Uh, well, we don't have to spoil years. it. We
2: could just say that if you're familiar with the person. Who helped Thanos realize the requirements for the soul gem then you may already be familiar with the secret identity of this guy who I've never heard of um, yes.
0: Yes. Alexander you yes there you go Yeah, so if you didn't get it from that vivid description, um, I don't know why you're listening to this podcast. But um, (laughs) hey, thank you for joining us. Uh, That's basically it. I mean, again, this book has been well done. Uh, It's been on time when it shipped and came out on time, which is a big plus for me. And, you know, it's, it's probably of the books that we've read entirely for this season, it's probably been the most consistent one um in terms of not just coming out on time but in terms of um tone and pace you know there hasn't been really like four could you could almost call four a filler issue but there was at least still something that happened in the book that it moved the plot along so i yeah i'm i'm perfectly fine with this book i'll continue reading this one whether it be into season six or five or whatever or just offline but uh yeah i'm I'm a big fan of this book i'm again i I have no idea why he can write Ta-Nehisi. Coates can write Captain America so well for me. And in Black Panther, I'm just like, it's an absolute snore fast. But, but
3: the
2: I, the thing right, is, so. though, I mean, I think this, I agree, this is a good five-story arc. But it comes at the expense of, I think, like a, a eight or ten-issue run. That was really, really good. Yeah. And right. that's the frustrating part. It's not yeah. so good that I don't want to pick up where we left off. That's the part yeah. that bothers me, yeah. because it, you know, it, yeah. then you had this stunt casting, because you know, we need to get interest back in the book. Well, the interest for me was, you were actually telling compelling stories, and that
0: was cool. I mean, and again, the good part about that last run for Wade was the short storytelling and kept it brief, mm-hmm. or whatever. Now we jump into this. It's still really the same thing. He's still. Not fighting Thanos yet, but it, it, it at least is telling this story here. But this five issue arc is probably about to jump into something else, and it has the feeling that it could expand into something much bigger than it probably should or could. And I, that's a little nerve wracking for me or whatever. But I mean, as of right now, five issues in, I, I'm completely sold on Cap. Your thumbs up on Cap Sandman.
1: Uh, yeah um you guys were mentioning it earlier I actually kind of liked the style with the uh, kind of minimalist uh strategy with the uh, literature uh you know they just basically show cat fighting you know these it's kind of kind of reused it in a couple of books and basically re reiterating, like who he is why he what he used to be why he's here why he's fighting and um, it moves the book along fairly quickly but I didn't feel like I lost anything because of that I mean he they rapidly move the story along, and um, um, you know what's what's happening at you know at the end of the book. And I still thought it was a decent yeah. story, even though it was fast.
2: Yeah, it's and, yeah. it's not that you're just thumbing through splash pages that are right. you know right. they're just there for like the you know for basically the artist to jerk off. It's you know there's actually <laughs> storytelling through a visual medium.
1: Right, as yeah. long as you've got something to say yeah, and you yeah. can relate it, I think you know that's fi- that's fine. Uh, as long as you can express it
0: you know that's fine i mean shit, the book has thought boxes you know exactly. I mean, or plot boxes that's i mean that's in modern comics those are as rare as rare can get for the most part anymore so i mean that it, you know, it's a useful storytelling, you know, device. Now, did people like, you know, freaking Claremont or whatever over-abuse it over time? And people <laughs> that for a of time? I was yeah, going to say, it's, it's sure. like a Claremont book without dialogue. It just kept the thought <laughs> boxes with no dialogue. Yeah, box. it's like, yeah, okay, exactly. I mean, did that happen? Of course. Did people copy that style because it was successful for him? Absolutely. And then it just, you know, but it also went to the other extreme where people were just telling stories with, you know, 30 words on a page maybe and you know and it was just like all these splash pages and you know and action shots and you know oof and you know an onomatopoeia it's like well that's not really gonna do it either you know is there some version of a happy medium you know and I think this is probably that version of that where you get dialogue you get plot boxes and even thought boxes and it tells a story visually but also concludes itself you know where it moves plots forward and it's not just you know the you know, smash beat things up punch punch kick you know and mm-hmm. I, I think that's very important you know at least again for you know older kind of comic book heads they grew up on that other style <sighs> all right speaking of this Claremont and his former book that he used to write let's get into Uncanny X-Men number one again oh uh, yeah behind the scenes I, I had a training today so I didn't go to my actual job I had to go to a training and at near said training spot I actually went into a comic book store in my local vicinity here because I wanted to buy this book. Uh, mm-hmm. The price point about made me poop my pants, uh, but I did it anyway because not normally going out and doing that. I went out and bought it because I was like, all right, you know, it's the start of this new thing. I want to have this one kind of fresh in my hands and give it to my daughter so she could read it or whatever, put it in her small box in her room, blah, 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 blah um that price point was rough primarily not necessarily it was bad for uh, we're gonna get into it but like the reason it's i think it's 80 pages or something like that but the last 40 of them are bullshit <laughs> so, um, like it's complete crap there was really no point for it at all uh but yeah there you go so x uncanny x-men number one I, um, I got problems with this. Does anybody else have problems with it? Before I start spewing, yes. Besides the eight dollars, okay. Yes. Okay. Um, yes. I, I'll just look. I'll just look at my notes. Uh, too many damn mutants. Way too many yes. damn mutants. This um, is an ongoing problem. That's partway. Part
3: yeah. Uh,
0: yes. Ongoing problem. Um, well,
2: so let's take that on right now. So on page one, they give us the preview, and there's a five by four matrix of people. And we get yeah. Jean Grey, Kitty Pride, Lucas Bishop, uh, Storm, X twenty three, so Psylocke, Nightcrawler, Jubilee, Iceman, Beast. So I mean, we can all we can all question the quality of those characters, but if you substitute Wolverine for for X twenty three, I mean, that's those are all classic characters. And okay, I get that. Polaris, you know, Fringe still, but you know, she's classic character. Cannonball. Well, uh, I think he's the first white male on the list, so I think that's right. you know that was for me. Archangel. Yeah. <laughs> eh, okay. Mm. Northstar. All right. And mm. then there's the six characters from the Grant Morrison era. Eh, mm. Why are we still carrying them along? That was that was that was the weight that I felt.
0: Preach, preach, brother, right, right. preach. Because I was like, and these th- these been-
2: characters were introduced probably 12 years ago.
0: Yeah, and they still can't get off of, still they still students. can't get out of jobbers if you, you don't graduate jobbers. in 12 years they have a program for you
2: it's <laughs> not promotion to the X-Men yes.
0: <laughs> I, if, if I never saw another book with Glob that rock um. nigga um, <laughs> I can't even, that's, 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 that's not his name <laughs> it should be <laughs> but that's not his name <laughs> Okay. It is now. <laughs> I like Rock Nigger better. Uh, whatever his name is. Um the exoskeleton chick. I mean, they have been trying to push these sorry mutants on us for years, man. This and is they, they are the Brad
2: Armstrong of the X Men.
0: <laughs> <or> Collective. <laughs> okay, hold, hold on. My, I got my other little note here. Remember when these other niggas that they tried to push on us that we were trying to make us care about? Zorn and Maggot? And it's like, remember they tried to push them people on us, too? It was like, man, no But they did that cares. one at a time. They did that yeah, one at a time, know. and
2: Zorn was a swerve yeah. for Magneto. These yeah, guys are like, here's right. the next generation. And, and any mutant yeah. should look at that and be like, we're fucked. We are fucked. <laughs> <laughs> because we have, dependent on Armor, Pixie, yeah. uh,
0: Pixie whatever we're yeah. calling Rock Slide now, Oya, slide. Yeah. Anna Lee and yeah. Glob. Yeah, we are, we're yeah. fucked. We're fucked. I mean, these people can't even make, like, the new mutants. They can't make Generation X. I mean, they probably be hard time getting on the gifted. Like, that's how sorry these niggas are. They are terrible. Like, stop putting them in <laughs> books. Like, I was really hoping when I was reading this, and we were just play- we spoiling the plot, so it's Kitty's taking them to, like, a training exercise where they're going to go fight some sorry other mutants, like, that are sorrier than them. This is like Randy Monkey versus the Brooklyn Brawler. Like, we oh cross crossing God. promotions, but they both suck. And they're taking them there, and I was like, oh, you know what? They're about to kill all these motherfuckers like they did X Force and Deadpool 2. <laughs> 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 this is going to be awesome. They're to kill they it because nobody cares. I was like, nobody cares. This is going to be cool. And remember, even like in my own personal world, I was like, oh, maybe they're going to kill Kitty too. <laughs> I got really excited. <laughs> I got ahead of myself. But they didn't. To do any of that and oh uh, oh uh, that's part of it okay that's one part thank you for taking that part on uh there was the plot and the plot centers around multiple man that's problem number two okay mm-hmm. uh jamie madrox or whatever like he's a fun character and i understand why people like multiple man and i think the dude that's writing this book i think that rosenberg i think he wrote multiple man's um Madrox is a uh, uh, limited series. He had like a solo book there for a little. I think he's the same writer for that book, so like I can understand why he would do that. Does anybody know why he has the the bishop M on his face? Anybody got that? Well, what I mean, you know? he's
2: clearly coming from uh, Elseworlds era, um, mm, right? But I, I mean, I have a I have a special place in my heart for all the members of that X Factor book after the Blue Gold split because that book had the sort of the hardest road to go on and it had questionable art to be generous Uh, but the writing was phenomenal the roster was poor and I think they did so much with all those characters uh one of which was multiple man so like him showing up is
0: not a negative for me um right right. yeah I'm I'm not a fan overall He's yeah, I mean, not one of my favorite characters. That character has been around
1: since the, almost the original lineup, and they've never really known exactly yeah. what to do with him. You know what I mean? He not, was in the Proteus saga, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is classic. You know, Claremont, John Byrne era. You know, and uh, and I mean, I he just has the, I mean, he has no other powers besides you know duplicating his, himself you know unlimitedly. Right? I guess that's uh, his power. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. that's. That's not. It can be useful, obviously, but you know, it's in itself that's not exactly exciting either. So I mean, he's never going to be an A-lister, but um, yeah, I, they, they. This is just the same. They don't really know what to do with him, and so they stuck him in here because, you know, what what the hell else are they going to? They they needed a nobody <laughs> to uh, move the plot along, and I think um, that's how they got him, because he's he was an old X Man, so
0: <laughs> here he is. Yeah. Oh. Tell yeah. me if you've been here before is what my note says. Um, then there's a senator trying to get past oh, some um, yeah. vaccine or whatever to uh, stop the mutants from doing something. You know that was the plot. that kitties, X Men were going to go confront or fight this team that was trying to you know get this vaccine that's gonna uh, cure mutants out of children like the smallpox and shit. Like oh you know get your kid the mutant vaccine you know. Uh, and, you know, so they were going to go there to fight or whatever. So there's a senator, I think it's Ashton Allen. Ashton Didn't they senator just Ashton do a Allen. story where, like, the mutants yes. could reproduce or something or like that? Yeah, there was that. Yeah. And there was also the same story with that lady that was in the other book as well. Uh, by the way, you brought up Angel in there. Last we saw in Astonishing X-Men, he was Archangel still. But now he's sitting around with freaking regular ass Regular damn wings, yeah. Well, yeah, since you brought what? up
2: Archangel, we have Forearm in here who got Forearm. decapitated <laughs> in one of those crossovers by Archangel, and they're like, weren't you mm. dead? And they're like, yeah, I was, but, you know, whatever. I'm like, what? Huh? <laughs>
0: Why? <laughs> why, do you, why do you do this to us? Yeah, it's just, okay, yeah, oh, sorry, yeah so yeah, okay, so now, yeah, so there's that and then there's a, a, a fight or whatever breaks out in Washington, D.C. The X-Men should never go to D.C. Nothing good happens there. Never. And uh, all the multiple men, they're fighting the multiple men. And, you know, he's multiplied himself multiple times, obviously. And everybody's fighting North Stars there for some reason. I don't know why. Wait, uh, I think you, you
2: missed an important step. What happened? So there are several pages dedicated to this whack-ass X-Force wannabe team mm. uh, of <laughs> Grant Morrison's creation that go out to create one of Rob Liefeld's villain teams, the Mutant Liberation <laughs> Front, <Fund, laughs> And <laughs> X-23 in a blank panel that says Shick Schluck Shick Shick shluck." She does the work that all those sorry ass bitches couldn't do in one yeah. blank panel. Oh, that's
1: yeah. right. That's right. Yeah. So yeah, she so takes them all out. Help
2: me understand why we needed those 6 characters in those 6 pages.
0: Yeah. No apparent reason whatsoever. And, you know, and uh, Madrock is showing up like, what happened to Kitty? What happened to Kitty? Because Kitty's missing from this whole thing that happened at the beginning of the book. Somebody
2: got knocked out enough where he could actually hold on to him long enough to ask where Kitty was. And he was like, oh, Mm -hmm. she's just gone.
0: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's just. uh, It's. uh, The book meanders and meanders all the way through. Um, and you get you know, and the fight scenes or whatever, you know, Jean's trying to help out. I think Bobby's there as well. Northstar mm-hmm. is there, um, fighting this whatever's happening in DC. Angel has been accosted by something. He's you know he flies off. Psylocke is there now, and she's got new weapons like psionic weapons or whatever, so now she can and produce a shield. She's British again. And a, mm-hmm. Yeah, she's British again. Um, she's and, not yeah, a racial it. appropriator. <laughs> no, and I don't even—I don't know why they changed it, and oh, well, I know why they changed it, but I don't really care. Like it was like whatever. Okay. Yeah, and um, like it, it's—I mean, the book—it's just they're like, "Whoa,
2: we'll get Angel to- flew off without doing anything." I can't believe we didn't lose this fight without Angel's power yeah. <laughs> on the battlefield. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. No, but I, the thing I'm, I didn't get was like Madrox takes the podium, and he's—you know—he's not the most eloquent person. But then they're like, oh, very clearly, the only solution we have is to create a very clearly mutant-led riot in the midst of civilians. God. I mean, I'm like,
0: what? I don't... What? This is just stupid. This is dumb. It's just dumb. And, the, you know, yeah. spoiler alert at the end, uh, you know, Kitty wakes up from where she was captured. Uh, the senator also was captured. And then they hear a voice from the side and uh, let us see if I can do what Brother Beaver did um, and the other mutant that's captured had a movie named after him in the that X-Men universe that was not very good um, played by uh, Poe Dameron I'm go. wondering so. if this is like
2: they've, someone has imprisoned the three people that have ruined the X-Men cinematic universe and they're trying to relaunch it and maybe that's the plot of this book I don't know yeah, right
3: uh...
2: Oh God, I, I and again again, We would be doing God. this book a grand favor if we stopped right now.
0: Yeah, well, to be perfectly frank with you, I did stop right there because when I saw what the back half of it was, I really wanted to go back in and beg for my money back. That's what I wanted to do because there's two subplots that get you to your 80 pages, a bishop story that was drawn by me as I could have done at least a decent job on there. And then a Jean Grey story. None of them of which advanced the plot from the main plot of this book. Like, neither one of them. They're not even remotely attached for the most part. It, it then and then there
2: was like an armor and somebody else
0: story.
3: Ugh, yeah.
0: I just... Oh, it's it just... I, 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 we started this show based on our general love of the X-Men. For the most part. That was part of it. Mm. Uh, the X-Men have hurt us more recently than anything that uh, not hurt. It's just it has probably been the most disappointing thing uh, that has the most disappointing book that we've read since we started this thing because they just cannot get it right. Okay. X-Men is dipping into 90s Avengers territory. That's what it's dipping into. Like it's getting into Oof. that bad of writing and team and just an inability to tell a particular story with the particular characters that you have to me that's where it's dipping into because you can't they can't figure out who or what they want to be and we we were blaming it so long on like oh well you know they can't get new characters the mcu doesn't control this stuff okay we're pretty sure that they control it now and this is your you (laughs) know this is your king yeah, I mean, honestly, this is what you decided so, to put out here? No, I So don't, I, remember,
2: I remember I a 90s Avengers story with, uh, on paper, terrible team, like with the Black Knight and Cersei uh, and Hercules whoop. and a bunch Dr. of other heroes yeah. that was like <laughs> a like <laughs> year-long arc yeah. with Proctor, who was an alternate reality character that played out. It was, it was good. They told good stories with characters you weren't expecting. And to me, X-Men just can't. They can't go one way or the other. They try and bring in nostalgia and they try and keep in the new era together. And they're trying to accommodate so many things and yet still shackled to this whole idea that mutants are somehow unaccepted while every other superpower is running around saving the world. It makes no sense.
0: It makes no sense. Yes, it makes no sense. We've been saying that on here probably for a year and a half about stop trying to tell this story. It doesn't make any sense anymore in a world full of other superpowered heroes. It doesn't make sense, you know. Mm-hmm. And they stick, They keep running it out there. It was Ashton Allen this time. It was that crazy, you know, old white lady in X Men. Was that Gold yeah. that they they ran out there to do that? I mean, it was it was happening in uh, the Astonishing Book Two where they were turning everybody. Off it it's a tired plot point it's a trope now the worst part is
2: they tell you like this story is so big so sprawling and so epic we have to bring it to you in a special way which is why we're shipping this weekly for the next nine weeks to get this 10 part story in your hands as swiftly as possible that tells you that there's going to be fantastic art and very consistent stories (laughs) it's definitely going to be worth your money for the next two and a half months yeah
0: and, uh, Lord, because nobody yeah. spends
2: money at Christmas, so you're going to have plenty yeah. of money to dump into this bullshit. Yeah,
0: it's bullshit. Man. Yeah, and yeah. it's it. Uh, I have no idea why. Like, all right, let's get this book started. No, we now to put at least twenty five mutants in this. Let's do that. I'm like, wait, what? God. Like, um, why didn't you just make two books? Like, what? Like, oh my God! Like, they need to like so much scale it down with the X Men, man. They just You're right, man. They can't figure out. We don't want new, old, or whatever. They can't. And then again, there's going to be stuff that's going to happen in this damn book, probably when it comes out again next week. That's probably going to be like, oh, yeah, well, you had to read the end of Extermination, which you didn't, which we we laid on shipping that. So, you know, it's going to lead into plot points that are in a book that you haven't even finished. That drives me nuts, too. That's pet peeve number three. Like, can you finish one thing before you get to the next? Like, mm-hmm. you know, obviously you're telling us like, extermination didn't mean shit since you're already shipping the new book. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, why am I spending money on this? Why am I going over spending my time and talking about this? and Like, whatever, this is for entertainment purposes for us and y'all. But in the overall sense of things, like, why is this important to me if it's not important to you? So, it's just driving sure. me nuts. I, I, I mean, I... I I think I said on before. I was like, I don't know how much long we can keep doing these X books because, they. I mean, they're just pain. They're, they're painfully bad. They are painfully bad at this point, and I don't know what could save them. I really don't. You know, they almost no need one... like
2: a Kevin Feige, of the yeah of the X Men <laughs> comic universe. They need yeah. a Chris Claremont to come in and just take ownership of the whole thing, and make it yeah. make sense and make space for everybody. Mm-hmm. But they can't. Because the, they can't continue to produce a book that spans seventy-three years of comics. Um, a week, every other week. It's just they can't.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I just, I just, I don't, I don't get it. Like I just don't understand why you can't take a team of seven to eight mutants and stick with that team and tell stories based out of that. I, there's no reason. I mean. I'll be, I'll, I'll keep it even a, more, even a hundred. I'm not even sure if you even need the school anymore. Like the idea of you training the mutants or whatever, like, I mean, shit. You know how kids learn how to do things now? Fucking YouTube. You couldn't tell me they couldn't <laughs> go on YouTube and figure <laughs> out the fucking mutant power? You know, like, oh man, that dude got that shit to shoot out of his eyes too. Like, you know, watch his YouTube video. and you know. Charles the- Xavier's stuff,
2: you know. YouTube channel for gifted,
0: yeah, gifted exactly. students. Yeah, <laughs> exactly all right y'all i'm gonna really need y'all to not try this at home um, it's, just, it's just like ridiculous like anymore like i just uh, it's uh, it pains me to read that book and i mean again they dogs late dogs but walking out and of I that felt store this, and then i felt reading the same it, thing you did man. like
2: you know if this is a next generation i want to i want to get on the ground floor i want to i want to have this and I, yeah. it bothers me that this there's a trend because they did this with spider-man too like spider-man number one was like 1099 yeah. and so they mm-hmm. have these high-priced books oh, God. And it's high-priced because they've they've stuck like 40 pages of garbage on the end but um, you know i got my reparations check this week so i just i just <laughs> spent it on <laughs> on x Yeah, like i don't yeah, know if I'm... you knew but like White males get eight dollars a month for oh, the eight man. years we had to live under Obama. So I just Oh, I just, that would have uh, <laughs> worked
0: uh, <laughs> noted, yeah. man. I'm glad you let us know. Just did, did they tax it though? No, no. No, just <laughs> it's we just put in the request, it went right through. I don't I don't know why
2: your guys hasn't gone through yet, but mine man, went right yeah. Through, wow. yeah.
0: It's about four yeah. They said there was a four hundred year wait on it, so we're we'll gonna have to keep waiting. Yeah. Yeah. you know how it goes. Got caught in the mail.
2: Yeah, I but I had just, heard that that white males had some advantage, but I I haven't seen it. So
0: yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but, but, yeah, it's just it's just too much, man. It's just too much. I just I, I was yeah. I was mad. I was like yeah. legitimately mad, like when I read that. I think I, I don't I don't yeah. think I texted y'all. I think I was just like I I don't, I, I was just fuming. Because I was like, oh, you know, the plot ended or whatever, and I was like, oh, okay, well, we got some additional pages, and then it was just the fucking tack-on annual stories. So I was like, you motherfuckers. Yeah. You know? That, I was fucking angry as hell. And i like, I can't, I don't, I don't know, man. Like, I know, again, it's going to come out every week or whatever. You know, we're, we already kind of alluded to this. We're going to take our little holiday break. We might catch an you might catch an annual here before we wind up starting season five. And so it may come up again. But it might come up in the, hey, we were reading that offline. Um, y'all can avoid it. It sucks. And, you know, and keep, keep it moving. You know, maybe it'll surprise us. You know, remember, I think we read the first... Now, again, was something that started recently we read the first one. We were like, man, this sucks. The Fantastic Four. We were like, man, this sucks. I don't fuck. You know, and then the second one and the third one, you know, surprised us, and we really good. So maybe they got that going for them. I don't am not feeling it as much as yeah. I did, but whatever.
2: I mean, I, re- I read a review of this, and it said that basically, like, as I was reading it, I was no, like, oh, I thought it
0: was that sounds
2: like every else. other I crossover mean, we've yeah, read in the last year. Yeah, Kate, jumbled mix <laughs> of X-Men. But, but they still them, drew you me in like, don't oh, know, no, is this is and uncanny X-Men don't
1: don't, number one. <laughs> okay. and yeah. Quarter half, I don't was know. Not. Um, no, it wasn't. You guys already buried it. I mean, were you okay ground, with this book? And you thumbs anything. down as well. It's, um, they've got so many damn X-Men, and they keep repeating the damn same mistake over and over and over again. I just don't understand why they can't just go back to the... They can't kind of the a five to uh, <laughs> yeah. six-member uh, team, you know. I mean, I know they can't have everything like Professor X and then Cyclops leaving the team again and stuff. In the, the heyday, yeah. you know, in the classic. Yeah, I just... But good God, you got to do something different than this. Cause, and they keep rebooting this crap again and again and again. And, I mean, how many times have we read these books and they've... Uh, another number one, another, another book, X-Men Blue, Red, Black... Um, whatever um, the, all these relaunches of these books again and again and again I can't hardly I can't even remember maybe more than one of those plots in any of those books
3: <laughs>
1: I mean what does that say about it you know.
3: yeah yeah
0: yeah yeah uh, that's a you know th- and that's a really good point just on this podcast we <laughs> what is have Metroid, reviewed exactly x-men yeah. gold one x-men blue one uh was that astonishing x-men one um x-men red one and now un- five books essentially in a year and a half five new x-books all of which are canceled, except the one that we reviewed tonight. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> what the you know, hell, I, I was thinking
2: about this today. Like a, a while ago, like they launched Extreme X Men, which was a team that was formed for a specific purpose, which was to chase down Destiny's Diaries, and it had it had important, you know, it had popular characters: Rogue, Storm, Gambit. And it it had a purpose and it wasn't great but it was distinct and those team members were taken out of the general continuity they went and did something and that was a reasonable justification to have a new book there was a period in time mm. where um, there was a new team and they had pulled the um, the mansion over into limbo because of uh, Iliana. And that was, you know, a reasonable difference from the rest of the stories, and that was potentially a reason to have a new book. But just to say, like, oh, we're going to reshuffle the team, new book. I I don't buy it anymore. And there's no reason that everyone can't be at the same school, and you just mm-hmm. periodically shuffle in a, a handful of people enough to tell the story you're going to tell for a few issues, in the environment yeah. you want to do tell it in, and the fact that they don't get that. And the fact that the, that they still expect uh. us to regard a new combination uh. of characters, with enough of a random element from these terrible characters that have been added in the latter day, as something worth getting behind, just I don't understand why no one realizes that is just a terrible, terrible idea.
0: Yeah. And again, who who was asking for a book with glob and rockslide and uh, <laughs> exoskeleton girl? Like, who was asking for that? Like, uh, like. I, d- I mean, I Grant can't Morrison probably so don't around. even recognize them. Yeah, Grant Morrison don't even recognize them, man. Like, he don't even like, claim them no more. So it's just. Mm. uh Alright. That's it. We're. Hello. This is the Get Off Our Lawn podcast. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We hate. <laughs> everything x-men anymore so brother me was brought up a point before we started recording you know initially we had started doing x-men stories on the back end of our rec- our current continuity books of like kind of classic x-men stories like we're probably gonna have to revisit that because the current x-men stories are just butchy. they're all freaking bad so you know coming next week uh possibly the extinction agenda <laughs> we'll let you know ahead of time uh, because holy cow this is not a good situation so anyway Alright, so that starts to wrap up season five, or season four, episode six, of the Marvel Hacks. Uh, been a long, regular season here before, like I said, we, we generally have tacked on an annual to the last two seasons, so this probably won't be the last episode. Again, we got the holidays coming up here, so it's hard to gather everybody around, but, uh, you know, we'll figure things out here and there to try to get something in. Maybe we can get Venkos back onto the podcast, uh, it was nice having him back last week and maybe get everybody together one time. Although, it does become technical issues with Hodgman, That's a whole other story. So, anyway. All right. So, remember you'll be able to find this podcast on yeah. SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, rate, review, subscribe. Uh, find the Marble Hacks or find me on Twitter at Brothers Comics, B-R-O-T-H-A-S-C-O-M-I-C-S. Find Sam and 415 on Twitter and Facebook. I'm going to try it. I didn't send all that picture or whatever of... Real quick, that uh, Battlestar Galactica uh, classic Battlestar Galactica book. Even the cover, even the covers look like it was drawn in the 70s. Uh, Would anybody have not for the show? Would anybody have an interest in reading something like that? I started thumbing it like before we got started. I was just like, I don't know if I can get into this or not, but I might try. Yeah, I I was kind of curious. Honestly,
2: I was more stimulated by the Firefly comic that's just out now. That's something I might pick up. Firefly.
0: Oh, okay. Wait, what? Yeah. No, oh, boy. Have, you, have we had our discussions about Firefly? Am right, <laughs> I have one of those people? Right. Now, you might be a brown coat on your own there, sir. Well, actually, that's not true. There's Hutch. Ironically. Hutch and, yeah, exactly. Hutch and a female perspective hate it. Uh, I didn't hate it as much. Um, but yeah. also it was like, I, I, I like the movie better than I like the TV show. Yeah, so I, I didn't like
2: the movie. show when it came out, and then I liked the movie, and then I liked the show more.
0: Yeah. yeah, It's, it's a little bit much to take. Into. You could definitely see why it failed on television, though, because yeah. it was not like anything that you'd ever put on TV yeah. before. Like that's, if that if, if it had come out on Netflix, <laughs> it would still be on. Oh, absolutely, yeah. It would be well in the 10, ten and 12 seasons. I totally agree with that. Um, and, yeah, it was it was ahead of its time, but also kind of weird and it's in and of itself. So, fine.
2: And that so, yeah, new... So, that's, so uh, uh, you know, I'm afraid to watch Battlestar Galactica because I'm assuming it's going to be like the Thundercats and be terrible now. Something mm-hmm. I love that it's got to be. Really? Garbage. Yeah. And that new yeah. Battlestar Galactica... A billion more people yeah. could tell me it's great. And yeah, yeah, uh, it is it will never be great. That shows
0: uh, i I tried and yeah. um, I was yeah. like no, I don't never gonna it. Watch, a watch it. hush and never female perspective, they swear by that and Capital, oh, like all oh,
2: shows are great that is, and I'm like That oh, is man. instant loss of credibility. That show is complete
0: <laughs> yeah. garbage. Yeah, I, I could not is mess a with star, it Isn't Starbuck a Starbucket you chick, know, too? I was yeah, like, or okay, like, or, the c- I don't Cylons are women. Yeah. That's pretty cool. But the rest of it, I, I couldn't mess with it at all. Yeah. I, yeah, I couldn't. Yeah. I, I, I tried. I was like, oh, Bowser Galactica's coming back. You know, I was like, ooh, what's this? Why is Boomer a chick? What? Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> I was like, all right. And, yeah. They yeah, Starbucks was a chick too. Yeah. And, and, uh, and
2: it'd be one thing to be like, "Oh, I can't watch it because Starbuck ain't ain't rolling up in tail, whatever." But it, that's yeah. just a bad show. It's so drawn out, so melodramatic, and so not exciting. And don't it don't give me the it gets better. There's if you yeah. have to if the qualification <laughs> for a show watch a show is it gets better, that means it's a
0: bad show. Yeah, yeah. I I, I don't disagree with you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> So I may I may jump into that I may jump into that uh to that comic for nostalgic purposes only um you know like I said I was thumbing through it I was like oh I can you know recognize all this kind of stuff and people you know I like that nostalgia piece but we'll see all right Hutch gave us exit music tonight it's the song Heroes by the Commodores this song is old AF
1: um so I, uh, uh, I kind of uh, almost well, didn't want to play it because uh, anyway. it's such
0: a a uh, history of playing uh the x-men animated music on the way out and you know this seems like something more for the blackity black podcast when we wind up having to talk about stanley on that but uh, i don't know i'm gonna i'm gonna play it out for us tonight but i don't feel good about it but yes so as the commodores play us out if you are under the age of mm, 35 listening to this podcast go ahead and google the commodores um and it's not the computer it's a musical group So, there you go. Uh, So, yeah. So, they're playing us out. I'm the producer of this podcast. I'm going to go ahead and sign off. Sam, go ahead and sign off. Yeah, on the annual. Brother Beavis, sign off. Excelsior,
2: true believers.
0: Yes, Excelsior, true believers. Uh, Let's pour, pour one out for the homie who ain't here. All right, we'll see you guys on the other side. Peace.
4: Thank A soldier ride alone into battle Can anybody tell me Where he's coming from He's that stranger on the street He's that child that's at your feet Searching for freedom and justice for We've seen them time and again you know they only fight to win. They're the challengers of evil, and I'm glad we know them. Heroes make the sunrise in the morning.